Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I know we all experience that afternoon slump. But sometimes we don't want to have caffeine too late in the day. So this is when I drink Noon Brew Tea. It's so good. It's specifically designed for the afternoon to bust you out of that slump. It has 19 superfoods that help with energy, digestion, focus, and even deep sleep. It does all of this without the coffee jitters. So use the code OUTLIER for 10% off your first order. Head to noonbrew.co and remember, use the code OUTLIER. Okay, before I get started, I wanted to take a minute to tell you all about one of my other favorite true crime podcasts, and that's called True Crimecast, and it's hosted by these great guys, Jamie and John, and you know, everyone covers big stories on their true crime podcast, the big stories that everybody wants to hear about, but these guys, they specialize in small town cases, cases that you've most likely never heard of, so if you're listening to True Crimecast, You'll hear them give the details of each case and their analysis of whether or not justice has been served. You can find over six years worth of weekly true crime cast content wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Okay, let's get on with Outlier. Welcome to the Outlier Podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Conlin. Okay, I am very excited because I finally dropped season two of my investigative show, Corruption, What Happened to Grant Solomon. I dropped it this past Wednesday, January 25th. And I'm very attached to that show as I've grown very close to the victim's family. And I really do feel like We are making so much progress in that case. So go check it out wherever you listen to podcasts. I think season two is going to be so much better than season one, just because I've learned so much about being an investigative podcaster. And I I am aware I'm not 
always everybody's cup of tea. I get a lot of complaints sometimes about my style of reporting, but I do think I'm getting better and I am very self-aware. So who knows? Maybe people will just get used to me and they'll love my style. But anyway, I, I recently featured Boston PI Barry McGuire on this show to discuss the Karen Reed and John O'Keefe case, to which I admittedly said I was very new to. Barry definitely got a lot of his information on the case from Turtle Boy News, and I did touch upon the fact that the topic of Turtle Boy really seemed to set a lot of people off, his behavior uh, specifically. he um, He's in, in jail right now because of his behavior, and I think that also, in turn, He is the reason why the case has become very popular in a lot of aspects. So, and, and, and why it's, it's become so public. And, and I said, yeah, sure. He did great work. He really did getting that witness, Lucky Loughran. I thought that was huge, but now there are rumors that, and you know, usually I hate to even address a rumor, but there are so many rumors in, in this case that I just don't want to ignore uh, this one. But there are rumors that Aiden, Carney, Turtle Boy, and Karen Reed might be indicted on conspiracy charges. And I was like, wait, what? So I guess we'll wait and see what comes of that. I mean, I'm not sure, again, how valid that is, but this whole case is full of holes and rumors. And let me give you just a top-level example. A top-level example would be the way that Karen Reed said, I hit him uh, the morning of the accident. Did she say, I hit him, I hit him, I hit him? Or did she say, I hit him? Did I hit him? I mean, how many different versions of that is there? And everybody thinks that they know what the real version is. So uh, the last thing I'm going to say about Turtle Boy is I did reach out to his reps and I wrote him an email with questions. I was hoping to get it by the time I recorded this podcast, but I did not. And I thought I asked some really good questions. Uh, For example, I really wanted to know if, you know, you are so sure that Karen Reed is guilty, but are you as sure that Colin Albert and Brian Albert are guilty? Like, what is the difference there? You have all these facts as to why Karen is innocent, but explain to me, you know, there's rumors, oh, Colin left at 1210. Why are you so certain that they are guilty? And uh, yeah, I guess Turtle Boy is very busy working on his own defense, so I will let this slide, but I'm just really anxious to hear what he has to say there. So, okay, that's all I'm going to say uh, about Turtle Boy for this episode, because right now... I want to focus on that night and some of the things that are bugging me. And number one, it's the shoddy police work on this case. I mean, if you think Karen Reed is guilty, if you think she's innocent, can we all agree that the police work is shoddy? And more on that in detail in a bit. But let's also talk about Twitter. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So when I pose a question, which I think is a a diplomatic question, and I'm sure I'm annoying people because I'm new to the case and they're like, oh my gosh, this girl again, just, just look it up. Well, I am looking it up, but I'm always feeling like it's incomplete. So I pose a question and the answers I get are polar opposites from probably like 
40% of the people would say one thing, 60% of the people would say another thing. And some people are able to back up what they say with partial documentation. But then again, other people just say something uh, because they heard it or maybe they know it firsthand. And then I'll try to go and prove it. But again, I do feel like there is just partial information in the docs. So I put up a question on Twitter on January 24th, and it has caused me to go down a massive rabbit hole, and it has to do with Chloe the dog. So I asked, did they locate Chloe and get a DNA sample and try to match that with John's arms? Because that right there would be very, very telling. John went in the house, got attacked by the dog. There you go. Proof he went inside the house. But by the way, if you're listening to this podcast, you're well aware that that dog is gone. Okay, so back to some shoddy police work. According to documentation, they actually never tested any tissue from John's arms. His arm was all cut up, and whether or not that was glass from the bar or from Karen's car or dog bites, I mean, if you didn't take tissue, how will you know? But I want to point out something else. The Norfolk Superior Criminal Clerk's Office, they issued a summons to the Canton Animal Control requesting all records of skin-piercing incidents of any animals registered to Brian Albert should be reported. And I will include a a screenshot of this and any other uh, documentation that I'm referring to in my Patreon, which is linked out in the episode notes, just so you guys don't have to go through uh, and look through a million documents. But hear me out. I'm not a dog owner, so I'm sorry if this sounds silly, but is it a normal thing if you or, or someone you know is is bit by a dog? Do you report that to animal control? I'm just thinking if I live in Canton and Brian Albert's dog bites me and he's a cop and his brother is an alderman uh, and he's pretty uh, well-respected and known in, in the town, I don't know if I'm going to run down and call animal control, but... Anyway, uh, my question on Twitter, this question about the dog and the DNA, it really, really opened a lot of arguments up for people. And then I went down this rabbit hole. So I found two things that I want to read to you first from the defense and then the Commonwealth Notice of Discovery. So let me start with this. The defense writes, quote, As set forth in an email communication between the UC Davis lab and MSP lab, which were previously produced in discovery, UC Davis lab inquired as to whether the MSP lab wanted them to test the swabs taken from the right sleeve of Mr. O'Keefe's long sleeve shirt for the one presence of animal DNA or two, the presence of animal DNA and canine markers such that the dog DNA profile would be preserved for later comparison. On July 18th, 2023, attorney Little emailed ADA Lally requesting that, quote, any clothing swab samples to be run with canine markers such that the dog DNA file type be preserved for later comparison per UC Davis analyst Terry Coon's May 18th, 2023 email, end quote. 
Attorney Lally's response on July 21st, 2023, completely ignored this request. Thus, the defense asks for confirmation that any samples submitted to the UC Davis lab be analyzed for both the presence of animal DNA and for canine markers to ensure the animal DNA profile would be preserved for comparative testing at a later date, end quote. Okay, now I've got the Commonwealth's Notice of Discovery. I'm just going to read you the intro, and then I'm going to read you the one line that is important to this. Quote, Now comes the Commonwealth in the above-captioned matter and indicates that, of this date, that the following discovery and materials have been provided to the defendant through defense counsel. Number seven, copy of Massachusetts State Police Crime Laboratory Forensic Services Division submission report to UC Davis Veterinary Genetics Laboratory Testing, which is three pages, end quote. So it looks like some type of DNA was sent off to a veterinary lab, but no one, not journalists or, or anyone on the Twitterverse, can show any proof that it came back, the DNA test. And it's really, it's not in any of the documents that I can find, but I do think there is, is something bigger here. So a lot of people, they believe that the gray sweatshirt or hoodie that John was wearing at the waterfall bar that night is missing, and it's it's not on the discovery list. So I've included a picture of what he was wearing in the Patreon as well. Most of you already know, but there is definitely a belt missing, but on the discovery list, they note that there is a gray t-shirt, and I believe this is what they mean uh, by the hoodie. Now, again, going back to just shoddy police work, I mean, I, I don't understand why you wouldn't describe uh, the article of clothing for what it is. It is a hoodie. It is a sweatshirt with a hood. It is a very thick shirt with a hood. I mean, it just says great t-shirt. So the reason I also believe that this is the hoodie, is on the autopsy photo of John's arm, I counted roughly 12 marks. And I'm not including like the little tiny ones, uh, but you know, if you're wearing a hoodie or a shirt like that, two marks or two bites or two scratches, whatever you want to call it, they might show up as one blood stain on your hoodie. So on this list, they list a, on the discovery list, they list a tear on the right sleeve and nine damaged areas as well on the right sleeve. So this brings me to Dr. Henry Lee. Dr. Lee is a retired forensic scientist who worked on the JFK assassination, the John Bonet Ramsey case, the DC sniper shootings. He had a show on Court TV and he founded the Henry Lee Institute of Forensic Science at the University of New Haven. Now, Dr. Lee obviously couldn't make any conclusive statements because he doesn't even have the autopsy. Like, no one has it. Uh, but I did want to share with you what he said about John's arm. Those are definitely some kind of marking, okay? Mm -hmm. It's um, really, uh, you look at this parallel line, like uh, uh, there are certain distance in between. So it's a simultaneously marking, uh, like uh, impressed with uh, not extremely sharp, 
force cut the skin. It's just a abrasion type of a uh, marking. However, this we look at uh, the individual. It's lying on a autopsy table or bed. Mm-hmm. They took that picture. Yes, it's not really represent original three dimensional setting. The arm may be raised or half raised. Uh, so that's going to change the pattern. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Those injury pattern, you have to think three-dimensionally. With this uh, uh, two-dimensional picture, difficult to visualize. So if you have the clothing, maybe can help out. The clothing, you're saying? Clothing, yeah. Have the similar marking. You can reconstruct any trace material transfer. Mm. For example, uh, paint or metal, plastic, uh, that can give you the clue. You need all those information to reconstruct. You cannot just look at a picture, give a a definitive opinion. So this is a really good point. We can't sit here and speculate what happened to his arm because his arm is lying on an autopsy table. And we also don't have his clothes. We really do need to see his clothes. You can see their parallel marking, but we don't know the arm in what position. You see what I mean? Maybe bandit, maybe erased, maybe done. That's all going to change this pattern. Okay, so then I referred to the marks on his arms as cuts, and this is what Dr. Lee had to say. It's not really a cut. They're not. Yeah. They're marks. It's not, yeah, it's just, that's why you need the closing to see mm-hmm. whether or not and they caught on the closing. The and clothing. Not, yeah. Not the, yeah. So okay. apparently they say have closing around. So I, I don't know who has the closing. Did not have any much bleeding. That's if what the you cuts look like. The closing, that can give us much more clue than just a picture of a two-dimensional arm. Right. There's so, some kind of injury. Uh some kind of parallel marking, some do have some little pattern there. So we have to look at uh, the size. 
because this picture has no ruler. Mm. A dog teased you, but definitely have to, we have to look at that. Is that <laughs> the arm? What's the distance? All those mark, everything. Try to reconstruct to a three-dimensional pattern. The injury, whether or not it's accidental or intentional, uh, need more evidence to look at before reaching a conclusion. So with the very little info that Dr. Lee had, he was very hyper-focused on the patterns of these marks. So I think that is something that should be looked into. And also, let's just note, he is a professional and he is sitting there being like, I can't say what happened without more information. And we're all sitting here on Twitter like, yes, this definitely happened. Those are definitely dog bites. Nobody can say that until the actual autopsy reports come out, until the DNA testing is back, and until we have information about his clothes. And that was also a really good point. They should be measuring those marks and measuring maybe the dog's teeth, Chloe's teeth, and measuring the blood spatter on the sweatshirt. So there are a lot of things that we're just not going to know for quite some time. Okay, so even though Dr. Lee made it very clear that his statements were inconclusive, he didn't have enough evidence because the autopsy report isn't available, I still wanted everybody to hear what he had to say just so we can be reminded of the fact that John's arms were in a different position when he was either A, being attacked, or B, being hit by a car, or C, being bit by a dog. And none of us are going to really find out these answers until we get the autopsy report, or until we get his clothing back, or like Dr. Lee said, until these marks are measured, or the dog's teeth are measured, etc. So I'm sure I will be doing another episode on the Karen Reed case, but for now, I will give it a rest. You can follow me on Twitter and all of my questions at Conlin underscore Lauren, and I want to pivot uh, for the end of this show and give a teaser to my show, Corruption. I'm actually going to play the 911 call made by a father whose son was essentially dying down in a ditch. And the father was the only witness. And I, for one, think this is one of the most bizarre 911 calls I have ever heard. I am a parent and I just, <laughs> you got to listen to this call. It'll, it'll make the hairs on your arms stand on end because any parent would have pretty much done the opposite of what this man does. So if you are intrigued by this 911 call, which I think you will be, head over to my other podcast, Corruption, What Happened to Grant Solomon? And thank you again for listening to Outlier. If you like this podcast, don't forget to rate and subscribe on Apple, and I will be back next week with a new episode episode. I'm trying. Where's your emergency? It's 1357 South Water Street. It's off 109. Please hurry. You said 57? Please hurry. Okay, what's going on? Uh, my, my son's truck backed over him and he, it's rolled over him and dragged him into the ditch and it's on top of him. He's trapped under the truck, and I, I, yeah, he, I, I, somehow it drug him underneath it. 
Yes, my son is under it. I'm trying to no. I'm, I'm trying to call nine one one. Okay, what's your name? Oh my gosh. My name is Aaron Solomon. And you said oh my gosh. Thirteen fifty seven Southwater Avenue, right? Yes. How old yes. is the male? He's eighteen. He just turned eighteen a couple of weeks, about a month ago. It's my son. Oh my god. Oh my god. This is not good. Is he awake? Can oh, you please hurry. I don't know. I don't think so. He's not. Oh, he's not alert, right? No, he's out, and he's trapped. I got three guys here, and he's trapped under the truck. Okay. Oh my God. I understand, sir. Stay on the phone with me while we get somebody out there. What's your name? Aaron Solomon. All right, Aaron. Huh? What kind of vehicle is it? It's a Toyota Tacoma, Tacoma, and it's the, the vehicle has to, he's underneath the vehicle. Okay, I've got the, that. And, and it's. Okay, I've got that. What color is it? It's a white truck. That's my son. It's somehow backed up. Yeah. Yeah, I'm on one, I'm on with 911 right now. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my God! Was your son working on it? No, no, he was just getting out of it. It's the hill. It's we're on an incline, and I guess he didn't have it in park or something, or it wasn't engaged, or oh my God! Is oh my your God! Son I can't still believe not this. responding? No, no. And he's still no. under truck. No one can get yes. out from under it. No, it's we, no. We've got units and routes to you. I'm just asking you questions for we can huh? update them, okay? Can you check and see huh? he's breathing? I, I, somebody's telling me that he's coming too. Okay. Maybe. He's waking up. Maybe. Kind of keeping still. So he is well, he can't, breathing? Yeah, he can't move. I don't think he can move. I, I don't know. Okay. I no, he can't move. He's trapped. Okay. We got somebody in route. Now, when he wakes uh, up, he might I'm be scared. I'm telling you, Can somebody I'm get down there and talk to him? Yeah, somebody talk to him. Shit. Yeah. There's blood. What, is he facing up or down? He's facing up. They said he may aspirate. We need to hurry. Oh, my God. So does he have blood coming out of his mouth? Yeah, he's, yeah. There's blood coming out. Yeah, somehow it drug him down. I think I don't know whether it wasn't in part or what, or if it didn't engage the brake or it drug him underneath somehow. Okay. They said he's facing up. Okay. But he's bleeding from his mouth. So, Grant, turn your face to the side if you can, barely, but be careful. Don't move him, okay? We can't move him. We can't. We can't move him. Oh my God. All right, these and they're there. I'm gonna let you go, okay? Yeah. Okay. okay. All right. Uh huh. Bye bye. I drink a lot of caffeine, so there are times when I'm a bit jittery and I need to relax. My favorite 
potent CBD is Next Evo. Head to the link in the episode notes to order yours with my special discounts because like I said, this CBD is good, it's potent, and it's clinically proven to help with stress and relaxation. Next Evo, you definitely need these.